This week, we read Snowed In by Katherine Walsh. Megan is dreading going home for the holidays. She's the village pariah, the she-devil who left local golden boy Isaac at the altar four years ago and ran away to the big city. She could really do without the drama, particularly as he's engaged again and she's just been dumped for the fourth time this year. Christian's fed up of being on his own every Christmas. He doesn't mind being alone, but hates his family's sad eyes and soft tones as they sit around coupled up because he's actually totally fine. So when Megan literally bumps into Christian in a Dublin pub, they come up with a pack to see them through the holiday season. They're going to be the very best fake dates for each other ever. Rules are drawn up, a contract is signed on a wine-stained napkin. They will sit through each other's family gatherings and be outrageously in love until freed from their annual obligations. After all, it's only for a few weeks. But with everyone home for the holidays, two big families to deal with alongside old friends, old flames, and old feelings, things are bound to get messy, and when a snowed-in cabin and a little Christmas magic are added to the mix, anything can happen. A swoon-worthy and utterly gorgeous romantic comedy that will make you laugh out loud and fall completely in love. Bruh. Join us for our first Snowden January episode. Fuck yeah. Because they're all Snowden suckers. Happy New Year. Happy snowed in January. Yes. We're doing all the snowed in stuff this month. All the snowed in. All, all the snowed in. You know, it's our, it's our recovery from the holidays, which apparently okay. Ariel just has a billion miles of energy. None of that makes sense. But you have a lot of energy. It was like the last day. So we were railing ready to go. But I, I had a mini bag of M&M's. Mm-hmm. When I walked in, because somebody gave me candy and I ate it because naturally yeah. M&M's and I didn't really eat this morning. So the M&M's went like straight into my bloodstream and I was like dancing and singing all through home room. And- That's so funny. Meanwhile, I'm just slowly dying. Slowly dying. We can't start the new year dying. We have to start the new year on a positive note. Get the fuck out of here right now with that. Absolutely not. Welcome to January. God, that is the most teacher voice I have ever heard. Please do not use your teacher <laughs> voice on me. I don't even talk like that to people either. I'm aware. I was thinking that was like a Stepford wife kind of. Like Absolutely her. not. That, that, that is like kindergarten that, teacher like... voice to a T. Like that is no. <laughs> And here I am now to bring you our first episode of Snowed in January. Do yeah. not. No. Re- repeat that. I am not. No. <laughs> You're not doing that. <laughs> here I am now to bring you our first episode of Snowed in January. Okay. Try again. <laughs> Try again. Oh my God. Welcome. Hello. All of January is snowed in 
She's like, I can't. Oh my God. If you thought last year was rough, welcome to 2024. <laughs> welcome to 2024. Where we haven't changed Jazz at all. Hands. <laughs> Jazz hands. Did you really think we were gonna? I'm not one of those resolution people. I'm I am who I am. What, what are you not a what person? <laughs> I'm not one of those resolution people. There it is. I am just I am who I'm I am. Pretty sure it sounded like you said revolution people. <laughs> I am one of those revolution people. No. Oh my God. <clears throat> Side note. I started reading a book yesterday. Like I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I want to read. I was like, oh, shit, we're not recording till way later tomorrow. So like, I don't want to read the book tonight. So I started reading this book. I'm actually kind of into it. It's called I Married a Merman. These people are like the nicest people. That is not where I thought you were going with and this. And consent is so nice. I thought you were going to go really down and dirty. Do I know what I'm reading next? What are you reading next? Frisky, the snowman. Oh. There's a carrot on the front. Oh, no. It's by Lauren Neal. So. The name sounds familiar. Why she, are you uh, whispering? What yeah. did she write? She read that captured book that is banned off Amazon that I told you to I'd send to you or give you money to get from that place when you go. She, oh, okay. she writes like Hitchhiker, Dark Romances. She writes... Gotcha. She writes some dark shit. You know what was not dark? Dark shit. This, this book, book was not dark. <laughs> and listen, this book, fucking a thousand and ten percent up my alley, and I was so fucking happy reading because this book. Because this book was handpicked for you, Crystal. When we said Snowden, and I looked up Snowden books, I said Crystal would love this. She needs this as her Snowden book. And you know what? I love this book. <laughs> so this week for our first snowed in book, literally, you're going to get sick of us saying the word snowed in because every book this month is called snowed in. And that's okay because teeny bunch. Yes. For snowed in January this week, we read snowed in by Catherine Walsh. Surprise. It's called snowed in. Nice. Anywho. Uh, Snowed In features Megan as our female main character and Christian as our main male character. And this story starts out with a prequel with Megan at her hotel getting ready to go to the church next door for her wedding. She's in her wedding dress. Yeah, instead of going to the church next door, no, she books it. Bye-bye. She literally is just trying to find ways to get out and she literally just like fucking sneaks out and she goes, you know what, this is maybe this is a sign like this is a sign that I need to go through with this because she's like panicking. She's like, oh, there's no really way. And then she like is able to sneak out. She goes, oh, the alarm's going to go off. The alarm goes off. Like, that's the sign that I can't do this. And she just like casually goes out the door and I'm like, girl, (laughs) ah, it's so funny. As she's running out the door, though, she bumps into christian who she hasn't seen since high school but her mother invited literally everyone from town in her wedding and she doesn't know him that well he's outside smoking a cigarette and just kind of doing his thing and because she doesn't know him that well she thinks for a second he's gonna rat her out but he tells her she's going the wrong way that if she wants to escape she has to go the other way he's like i didn't see nothing So our actual story starts five years after the prologue, and it brings us Christian, who is at a pub with his friend Zoe, and they are having a good time, just hanging out. Zoe's Zoe's an awesome character. I just want to blanket that right now. 
I wish I had more of her in this book. Not that there wasn't enough of her. I just she was selfishly so fucking wish funny. I had more of her. Oh my god, I literally died when she was like, "Oh my I'm god!" Assuming what? she has her own book because Christian has a book and her sister has a book, so I'm hoping she has her own book. We'll That'd see. Be really cool. I would like we'll to see. see that. For once, I'm not the one who read last minute. Shock. Oh, we're starting the year off strong, folks. I read before Ariel did suck a fat one. I just wanted to try to walk a mile in your shoes. No, you didn't. No, I was out of here. <laughs> I had shit to do. So they're having a good time. They decide to go get another round. So Christian gets up to go up to the busy bar area. This bar is so busy that... Unfortunately, he bumps into a woman at the crowded bar area and she spills her wine all over him. So when she looks up, he realizes that this is in fact Megan, who does not want to be out at this bar to begin with. She was all excited about staying home and doing stuff tonight and then all of a sudden remembered that she had made a plan for a date with this guy she didn't really want to go out with. It was like in that moment, you know, those like that five minute window when you're feeling a little extroverted and then the rest of your entire day of introverted self hates you for those decisions that you make in those five minutes. Yeah, that was her moment there. It happens to me and all so the now, time. She, real true facts here. <laughs> so now she had given blood before she went to go home. So she gave blood, rushed out to go to this darn date. And now she's at this darn date that she doesn't want to be at, hadn't eaten, rushed out from giving blood. And now she just whipped around too fast, spilled wine all over some guy. And yeah, that didn't go well because down she goes. Down she goes. Not there she blows. Down she goes. Anyways. Christian helps her, though. He helps her to the bathroom and gets her all fixed up and cleaned up and tries to get the wine off of them. Then on their way out of the bathroom, she finds her date that she was having trouble finding in the crowded bar. He's a skis making out with somebody else in the corner. And Christian, who does not know what the fuck is going on right now, because you have to realize this woman who he's had not much interaction with, I mean, yeah, he went to school with her, but wasn't really, like, close friends with her. Like, so kind of knows her through town. And his only, like, true, real interaction with her was watching her run away from her fiancé and move across, like, countries to get away from him. And now, five years later, here she is, like, fainting at the sight of him and falling in his arms. And now just, like, barely able to walk or stand and looks like a sloppy, messy drunk without drinking. And now is like, I'm going to go home now. And he's like, what the f-? It's like, I'm going to walk you home. I mean, naturally, as any decent person would do. So they get to talking. And they're talking about the dread of having to go home for Christmas because this is going to be Megan's first time going home for Christmas since this dreaded runaway bride incident. She's been avoiding it ever since, but her little brother is going to be there this year and she got super guilt tripped into it. It's going to be a family affair. 
It should be noted as well that her family treats her like a pushover and she is a pushover. And on Christian's part, his siblings are doing really well. They're all bringing their really steady relationships home for Christmas. And his brother is even planning to propose to his girlfriend over Christmas this year. And he is literally the last man standing and he is like dreading this like black sheep Christmas that he feels like he's going to go to. And they kind of have this like little chemistry of a moment. And she's like, you want to come up? And he's like, mud love to. Her internal monologue, fucking funny. She is hilarious. Christian out with the, the, the quick snaps too. He's very funny. But after she invited him up, she just goes, oh no. Oh no, maybe they took more blood from me than I thought. Do you want to come up and have sex with me, Christian Fitzpatrick? Step this way. Come right in. Be my freaking guest. And then she's like, that's thinking with the vagina come and not with, with the head. me and you'll see my <laughs> vagina up your imagination. God, that is so, no. <laughs> but she's like. Except for my eyes, because the eyes see what the eyes see, and I see him, and I fucking just died. I just Jesus. died, because it's so fucking funny. I just love, she's like, yeah, sure. What the fuck? Is, what am I saying? Why are these words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> so I'm interrupted by a call from her mother, and she's just laying it on extra thick, making sure that she's going to be there for Christmas, and... The whole conversation just puts a kibosh on what they're going a with. A kibosh on the sexy tats. Yes. Uh, even though they didn't no get too far, but. Using their imagination with her vagina. <laughs> no vagina imagination. No no but tasty dad, treats in store. Vagination? Is that the Vagination. Word? Yeah. Your pure vagi- vagination. <laughs> we need to come with me and you'll see a world of pure vagination. <laughs> That's it. We're done. That's a wrap. It's a new year. We- <laughs> oh my God. The walls are thin. The conversation gets Christian's brain thinking, thinking a little too much because he says, what if we go home together? I have to say, I love this man because the way he approached it was so funny. And it's different in a lot of other like fake dating tropes where they're like, get themselves into that position and then they have to be like oh shit yeah this is my girlfriend this was planned and he's just like yeah but hear me out like he gave me super like golden retriever energy and I loved that for myself I wouldn't have pegged him for that but I can see where you get those vibes he's a very complex golden retriever let's be honest he's he's like complex it's like a golden doodle golden doodle went to town Megan riding on his pony. Stuck his tongue in her vagina. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Called it macaroni. Called it vagination. <laughs> that is our selling point for this episode. Everything you need to know about this book. There you go. Bam. No, I'm just kidding. I'll start it with me calling the golden doodle. <laughs> My mind is a dangerous place. Well, like, here's um, the thing. Golden retrievers have that energy, but poodles are kind of dickholes a little bit sometimes, so it makes sense. I just thought he had, like, kind of sad vibes. That's why I th- didn't, like... He has the big sad way deep. He was, like an, he was like an emo golden doodle. Perfect. 
I want one of those. Actually, that sounds like a really okay. nice dog. Okay. Emo golden doodle. Got it. Emo golden. Stop it. <laughs> okay. on. Yeah. So anywho, and he says, will you be my fake girlfriend for Christmas? And she's just like, what the fuck? He's like, no. And he's all like thinking oh, over. And he's like, it's fine. We'll go out next week. We'll talk about it. All good. She's not sold, but he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, this will work out great. Don't even worry about it. And she goes, I'm, I, what? <laughs> so he's a fork. He's like, all prepared for their, their date to come and do this. And then he gets a text from her basically saying, can't meet. Best of luck. Deuces. He's like, nah. And what is this <laughs> motherfucker he really doing? Is. He's like, nah, bro. Instead. Is this where he says they're all the fucking roses? So here's where I caught my first discrepancy. And it's a little weird because he says it takes me less than five minutes to solve the problem. An internet search for mold remover and a couple of clicks with my credit card. And that's that. But I don't know where any of that came into place because all he did was order her a shit ton of flowers to be delivered to her workplace. I don't um, know how this man went from mold remover to a bunch of flowers, roses, but right. you know. And then he's like, 20 minutes past three in the afternoon, my phone lights with the, up with a call. It, it's so funny, too, because like he was playing the long game. He's just sitting there. Yeah. He, he, just, he went about his business at work. And then she calls him. <laughs> he's like, hello? And she's like, what the hell? And he's like, you don't like roses? She's like, not five bouquets of them. You're causing problems in my office. Everyone thinks I have a boyfriend. They're all asking questions. I don't have the answers. He's like, you do have the answer. The answer is yes. Remember, I'm going to solve the problem for you kind of thing. It's just, it's funny. So they plan a date to go out that night and, you know, confirm everything and to talk it over completely. His version of a date is to take her to what's called a dead zoo. I have a very expressive face, and I just wonder how that would go for me if someone tried to take me to a museum filled with taxidermied animals. Okay, funny story. I have not been to a dead zoo, but when I was in Savannah with Spencer, granted, though, not a first date, because this was a first date and that was his first date idea. Me and Spencer went to a museum. There was taxidermy animals in there. There was a whole room based off of John Wayne Gacy. There was stuff built off of cults. It's a museum. And Spencer went to a museum of death, but not as a first date. So, but this is when he learns a very important piece of information. That would be cool or interesting. She finds it less so because she is a vegetarian. And he and like and he just was like, fuck. His whole world shattered. He's <laughs> like, if I had known this I would poor she's man's like, why world would you take somebody there in the first place? And he's fucking like, but it's like shattered. my he's like, it's my like one of my favorite places to go. I went there a lot as a kid. It's just one of my favorite places to go. And I just thought like 
I would bring you in so you could know me a little bit better. But if I had known you were a fucking vegetarian, I wouldn't have brought you <laughs> to see dead animals. So they quickly get out of there and they go get something to eat. But they're enjoying themselves together and they write out terms and conditions over drinks with one another for their contract. Yes. And I love the little moment where he pulls out a pen out of his pocket to write down the terms on the napkin. And she's like, you carry a pen? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm a grown man. Of course I par- carry a pen. And all I could think of is Luke and Lorelai. And where's the pen you take orders with? She always just assumes Luke has a pen on him at all times. And he gets so frustrated all the time because he doesn't have a pen. He is a grown man, so he should. And she's like, where's the pen you take orders with? And he's like, I'm not at work. So they enjoy getting to know one another and they email and text over the next week or so, learning things about one another to prepare for going home for Christmas because they both plan to spend, you know, a couple weeks at their family's house for Christmas. And on the way home to their family's homes, they grab dinner at like a little diner pub thing. And as they're leaving, they see Megan's ex, you know, the one she ran away and was a runaway bride at the wedding for Isaac, him. Who is also like the town, like golden boy. Adored by all. And he's across the parking lot. And instead of just like being able to just get to their car and just go Isaac's like gunning them fucking down like a fucking shitbag. Just saying. Red flag number one. If anyone was surprised by any of this, red flag number one. See, it's funny too because I had a lot of thoughts as to why they split originally. And the reason was not what I thought it was going to be. I truly did believe, spoiler alert, that one of them cheated on the other and that was the cause of the end of it. It was not. The second he started gunning across the parking lot, I knew it was his fault regardless. Well, of course, he's a boy. It's always his fault. Ariel thinks I hate women, but apparently I also hate men. So I hate everybody. No, see, you hate real life men. You hate fictional women. Okay, sounds good. Anyways, yeah, he guns. he's like walking across and he's not alone, this Isaac. He has a woman with him. And this woman happens to be his new fiance. And they didn't even mention it because they're like, oh, yeah, it just happened. I forgot I was even wearing the ring. Bitch, are you kidding me? I wouldn't forget it. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, that just happened. Like, I just forget that it's on there. No, you don't. Right. You know who does Um, that? Psychopaths. So. Not trying to give away too much. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) They have the most awkward interaction ever and then go on their way. Megan retreats within herself during the car ride as they're leaving. And Christian's all worried, like, are you backing out? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, then I'll pick you up for lunch with my family tomorrow morning. And he drops her off at her mother's house and then heads off to his parents' house. We get a glimpse of their family dynamics and their family lives individually at their own respective families' houses. And the siblings of each family don't seem too happy about the new couple. 
on both sides. And it's interesting. And it's interesting. <laughs> that was unintentional. Very interesting. <laughs> they, they have their reasons for why they're just stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> the next day, they meet each other's families. And at Kristen's house, when it's his turn... The siblings there are participating in what they call a freezing lake race. Christian's really hesitant and concerned. He's and like anti this race. Are you want, kidding? He doesn't want Megan to feel overwhelmed and want her to feel pressured to participate in this. But Megan's all like, nope, I got this. Megan does Meanwhile, the opposite of what I would do. Damn fucking right. Meanwhile, that freezing lake. <laughs> no. Meanwhile... Hannah, Christian's sister, has been a total douche canoe to Megan the whole time. So I think Megan also kind of feels like she can impress the siblings a little bit by joining in as well. And she kind of does. Not Hannah, but the rest of everybody. When Megan heads home from her frozen lake day at the Christian's family household, there is another visitor at her house. It's Isaac's dad. It's weird. Everybody in town and her parents are still extremely good friends with Isaac's family. So it makes sense that he would be at their house. I feel like mm-hmm. they kind of like Isaac more than they like their own daughter at times. But well, no one really mom, understood yeah. why she left. To be honest, though, she didn't really explain it when she left. She nope. just left and then ignored yep. everybody. Yep. So back at home after her outing, with Christian's siblings. Aiden is Megan's brother. That's, no. you know, who's home for the holiday. But I don't think I said his name. So that's why I was throwing she it in there now. Brother? Where is he where from? She came home. So currently he lives in Australia. But he's no. actually from his mother. Where they're living now. <laughs> from so, her vagination. From her vagination. <laughs> so. I do want to get through this book. <laughs> so that's going to be our new. We have digmatized imagination. Aiden convinces Megan to hang out with him and asks her to go out to the pub with him. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to Megan, Hannah, Christian's sister, also manipulates Christian into going to the pub to hang out with her. Neither is on purpose, all separately. Just a winky dink. But... While they're there, they see Megan's old friends. You know those old friends that when she left the altar, instead of asking her what happened, asking her how she's doing, asking her if she's okay, being worried that somebody might have kidnapped her, like her mother was, even being worried for half a second. No, these so-called friends, even though her, even her so-called best friend, were sending her nasty hate messages. I wanted to smack this bitch in the face. So they're at the pub. They're playing cool. And Christian and Megan obviously run into one another there. And Christian sees this as an opportunity to attempt to mend fences a little here. And it's going pretty well, except for the queen bitch, who was supposed to be her best friend, until... Super actually accidentally, it wasn't even on purpose, but while everyone's riled up and distracted, Christian accidentally takes a pool stick hard to the face. 
It was pretty funny. Because the guy's just Glad turning it around. Me, but... It's one of the one turn of the friends. Around. Is it Cormac? He's holding them and he just Every goes to turn around. Every time I do, I hit you in the face. And almost turn breaks this poor man's around. nose. I'm done. Megan shuffles Christian off to the bathroom to help patch him up. And they just decide that, you know, they've done enough damage for the night that they should just call it a night. So they both go their separate ways back home. Megan's household is a little chaotic. Her mom is a little eccentric. Okay, that's one word for it. Her brother is young. So they're all worked up about her mother's fundraiser. Her mother does a yearly fundraiser. And it's like the big talk of the town. And part of Christian being this fake boyfriend is going to be being her date to this fundraiser. And it should be noted, her family is rich as fuck. Yes, but she's not. She has that distinction very clear. Her family is. Yes. And so they put on this huge like fundraising gala to raise money every year. And the mother's like kind of going a little crazy trying to get ready for it. And she's all worried about like the dress and all this stuff. And all the panicky anxiety coming off her mother is causing her to feel a little bit of it. So she's just like contacting Christian being like, you have a tux, right? Are are you sure that you're okay with this? Like, you know what this entails, right? Like, and she goes over to his house and she's like, no, you don't understand. There are mean people there. This is not going to be just a fun evening. Like, this is a snobby fundraiser. And they're all going back and forth about it. And he's just reassuring her, like, I got this, I got this. And she's like trying to talk him out of this to be kind to him, not because she thinks that they shouldn't be fake dating, to spare him. And Christian's mom kind of overhears a little bit of the conversation enough to know that they're talking about the fundraiser. And she's talking about how she misses the dancing there because of the timing of it all. She doesn't get to go as much as she used to. And she can't go this year either because of her grandchildren now with the holidays. And so kind of to ease a little bit of the anxiety, Christian lets his mother show him how to do the fancy dancing and then him and Megan spend their time practice dancing and it's really cute and after the whole pub incident that Hannah witnessed and the dancing that she's witnessing and Christian's told her off like four times yeah now Hannah feels real of, fucking bad yeah she kind of feels like she might have been a bit of a bitch to yeah, to, too okay, quick to well judge Megan. First one of the year, she was a super cunt. She was firmly team Isaac when Megan came back to town. And she thought that she was just like playing her brother and just being a tool bag. And she can see that it's not just all fake and stupid and all this stuff as she's watching them. And Hannah comes in. Mostly apologizes, but her way of apologizing is offering this dress that she made to Megan to wear for the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. It's a really pretty dress. It's very fancy. It's like her best creation yet. So we finally actually get to the fundraiser now that all the panicking is done. And Megan and her mom are getting kind of ready to go. Megan's really worried about going because... The fundraiser is going to be held at dun, 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 the freaking hotel 
that she was at when she ran. <sighs> She's talking with her mom before her mom heads off because they're, sco- they're driving separately. The mom's planning the event. And then she's riding with Christian. And before she leaves, the mom's like, I'm really glad that you're going to have Christian there at least because I know it's going to be hard being there. And she's just like, the way he looks at you. And she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, like he's madly in love, right? And she's like, no, like he sees you. Isaac didn't see you. I get that now. I can see the difference kind of thing. Yeah, so her mom's finally understanding her reasoning, which is and good. And it, that what it way. looks like when her daughter is being like treated well for versus right, right. Yeah, Christian comes to pick her up, and they're a little awkward in there. They're picking up because they they don't want to say like that they like the way each other look too much. You know, like come on, come on, it's supposed to be like just the, the, the deal. We can't actually looks. like each other. But inside, they're both like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's so funny because internally, with both of their internal monologues, like, he's like, I really like her, though. And she's like, I really like him, but, like, I need to, like, keep the lines. They both like each other, but they mm-hmm. both want to respect the boundaries of the other person with the deal that they And have she's made. even starting to feel like, dang, I should have just, like, continued that, the jump in the bones to begin with. And he kind of even is the same way. Like, I should have just... Instead of asking her that question, I should have just asked her out for a date. Yeah. You know. They had two different like, thought processes these, there. She went straight to bang. She wanted to bang. He went to a date. I mean, you know. It's opposite. It's opposite day. So they get to the fundraiser and, you know, it's kind of like she imagined. There's lots of stares and lots of pointed questions. But Christian is very. He uh, promised Christian's her no matter what. He good would not at, leave her side. Yeah. He's good at sticking with her and dodging certain questions and he spends lots of time on the dance floor dancing with her which is something that Isaac never did at these fundraisers and she's having a very good time and he's having a little bit too much of a good time and he needs just a minute to breathe he's like I'll be right back I need to so he goes to get a drink at the bar she doesn't take it that way though no she's just like what What the heck because he's just kind of like i'll I'll be right back so she herself decides to go get some air so she goes out onto a balcony she's not alone mr isaac is there he comes out surprise he came to the fundraiser he wasn't invited but he came well he confronts her and he is so oblivious to the way that he acts well he confronts her and He's like, oh, Cormac said he saw you at the pub. And she's like, is that not allowed? Don't worry. I didn't stay long. They hate me. And he's like, no. She's like, they do. They think I ruined your life. And he's kind of gives her like, well, you kind of did. And she just lets it go. And she's just asking about his fiance. And he's like, she's not really my fiance. Like, we broke up a while ago. We're just keeping up the pretenses because her dad is sick is very sick and they're just keeping up the pretenses because they don't want to rock the boat and and she just like laughs (laughs) she's like who else knows because like in her brain she goes how fucking funny is this because like fucked up is this situation it's so fucked up because that's what she's doing but she's not about to fucking spill those beans and he's like well but you seem fine though like you and christian and she's like i'm doing great i have a good job i have a good apartment I have a life, a good one. And she's like, I better go back. 
Christian's probably wondering where I am. And he's like, he can wait like a few minutes. You owe me at least that. And she's just like, I owe you nothing. You don't get my time anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Christian's just like having a hard time trying to just get a drink. (laughs) And get his emotions in check. But Christian sees her storming back in the room, all upset. And she just says, you know, I'm ready to leave. Can we leave? I also like that he had like a small little conversation with her brother while standing there. And he's like, yeah, are you telling me to stay away from her? He's like, you're a good brother, though. Like, but he was cute. He's just he's just he, he goes feels dramatic. And he goes, and yet here you stand. <laughs> and here you are. Oh, yeah. But he's like, yeah, of course we can leave. Like, this is, you know, your thing. You know, we got this. And they go out to the car. She's obviously upset. So they sit and talk, you know, for a little bit in the car. And he's just like, why? Why did you leave him? Like, why because, did you like because leave clearly your wedding kind of the thing? The interaction made her upset. And he's right. like, I just, I want to understand. And we finally learn why she left him at the altar. And come to find out that the final straw was the night before the wedding, she found out that Isaac had gone into her email and she was really hoping to get a job she had gone through all these rounds of interviews and it was like a dream job for her she was so excited she really thought she was getting it and her and Isaac had been arguing about it because he didn't want her to have this job but she really wanted this job and it turns out he didn't care what she wanted he went into her email and sent them an email rescinding her application yeah and she was so heartbroken because she was just waiting to hear and waiting to hear and then she didn't hear anything it was just wild and of course like he's like why the fuck would he do that he's he's controlling everything we did with stuff he wanted to realized yeah she realized that all along it started with little things like it always does and he always set the parameters for their relationship and Step by step, he always made the choices. And anytime she tried to step out of the box or straight out of line, he quickly pushed her right back in. They went to his college that he wanted to go to. They went everywhere that he wanted. And she usually didn't push back much. And so he was able to keep taking more and more. And this is the one thing she wanted that she cared enough to fight about. And it became such contention in their relationship he just that one thing just and made her snap and then she was able to like be like peace the fuck out but i kind of am a little frustrated for her because she obviously didn't have anybody in her life that noticed If they did, she was such a people pleaser growing up anyways, that they just probably took it as that's her personality. And yeah, he's doing all these things, but she's clearly going along with it. And I mean, it's, Mm. you know, his family is super good friends with her. So she didn't change much. Right. Her personality didn't fully change completely. She just started doing whatever he wanted to do. It is frustrating, though. Like, it, it really is. And then especially the whole thing with, like, her supposed best friend. Well, that's what I mean. I just wish that, like, her mom, like, noticed enough or her supposed best friend was actually, like, on her side or, you know what I mean? I just, it's frustrating. 
it is frustrating. Sometimes though, those friends are not on that your happens. side. And right. uh, sometimes those friends stay friends with your exes. Yes. And that's this so day. beyond shitty. Ridiculous. Yeah. So dumb. Blind. <laughs> so stupid. And he's like, why didn't you tell me this? Like before we like went into this. So I had this information. Like what, why didn't you tell me this? And she's just, I, I wanted you to like me. And he's like, I do like you a lot. And then they kiss. Yeah, they do. And then they kiss. And, and then, then it, she's like the, in his lap kissing. It's so funny because he <laughs> pins her arms down and she like makes a noise. He goes, you okay? She goes, new kink, new kink. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, well then. I was like, ooh, okay. You gotta think that her and Isaac had like the most vanilla sex. They oh, had yeah. to have. Or if oh, anything, yeah. he pleased himself clearly. And like Absolutely. didn't give a shit about her. So Absolutely. like it was just so funny. And they're getting hot and heavy and the windows are steaming up until there is a knock on the window interrupting them. <laughs> and they're just like, we need to update our terms. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, but then she's like, we're pretty good about this. He goes, you think? She's like, yeah, she's, I think we should like, do this every we year. We should do this and every just, year. And he just goes silent. But his brain was like, yeah, I like this girl more. And like he was, I feel, looking more mm-hmm. towards the future. And then her voicing that was like, yeah, because his smile faded a little bit after she said it. But like, I get it. They also had been drinking a little bit. So. And they were like, guess we're uh, friends with benefits now. Yep. So... Texting was so cute back and forth. And then they're texting the next morning. And she's knitting a sweater for his brother. Well, the text and Molly started out because Megan's mom is requesting his presence for lunch the next day. And yes, she's been knitting a sweater for his brother and his brother's girlfriend. Hopeful fiance. He wants this to ask. This poor her to man marry him. is it's such a, a hot mess. His brother <laughs> a, is such well, a panic. Oh, Andrew's a hot Andrew. mess. And <laughs> but yeah, Christian had Megan making them some ugly sweaters for for funsies because he likes. That's what to, she does as like a side hobby. Is knit, mm-hmm. and you will never catch goes, me knitting anybody a sweater. And he goes downstairs, and. I crochet. And he goes downstairs and his mom. I'm just not making anything for anybody. Is still practicing all the vegan food. Mom, it's just so. She's trying so hard. She's all worried about Christmas dinner and making sure she's got stuff to eat. And though she asks if he'll have Megan come to dinner on Saturday. And he says, well, we're having lunch at her family's on Saturday. Even though she texted him about tomorrow. I don't know why they would refer to it as Saturday if it was tomorrow. It's just, just another so weird about it. Because it's a timing weirdness. There's a okay. few of these little weird things. It doesn't make any sense. But the doorbell has rung. Oh my god. It's it's Zoe. And Zoe, who we haven't mentioned already, is Molly's twin. So Andrew's girlfriend's twin. And she's all like I'm only here for the day. And she's being really sketchy. Like I need Molly for the day. And they're obviously have some kind of secret plan going. And Andrew and Christian are totally like, what the fuck? Because earlier before he made the travels, Andrew had called him on the phone because he has plans of proposing to Molly 
and he's trying to get these ideas and where Christian handles like these bougie ass vacation things. He's like, I, I need a place to take her. And this man is fucking psychotic. <laughs> Not really. He's just super neurotic. <laughs> he's just, he's like, I want this. And so he goes, you got two options. He's got, he's, he's just like, nervous. He is. He goes, he's like, you have, I've been in the woods. With the hot or with with a hot tub or then this other thing with a pool and he goes i want that and he goes oh but the he, well he first he's like oh the pool he goes the cabin is 500 quid cheaper he goes i want that <laughs> like sitting here like oh my god buddy so his whole plan is to take her to this a cabin romantic weekend romantic weekend to a cabin in the woods and then of course like at the time christian's like does she like the woods <laughs> Do you know? And this poor man, he doesn't know shit. Like he really, he goes, no, that's the whole point is we're learning about each other. And I'm like, oh my God, you psycho. So funny. Oh, he's sweet, but, but psycho. I know. A little bit psycho. He really is sweet, but a little bit psycho. So the whole plan was, is he was planning on bringing her up. So he had plans with Molly. He literally, they were literally about to leave. About to leave Zoe to go to this cabin. Comes. And now Zoe is throwing a fucking bomb in his plans and he's <laughs> freaking out a bit. And she's all like, this is the only day I'm here. Like, can't you do your surprise another day? And he's yeah and if you at this point are curious girls ariel crystal i thought this was a snowed in book you know what it is so seriously i was like this at this point too because it's i coming. was like don't I, worry i kept looking at the percentage and i was like i'm glad you brought that up because i did that many times and i, I brought was it like, up now for a reason <laughs> where is the fucking snow yeah guess what i thought this was called snowed in the snow is coming oh yeah it is. and so aren't they that's not all it is. That's all. They're all it's coming. Here we go. So now Andrew's kind of freaking out a little bit because he goes, yes. all of this shit is set up. But he's like, I will do anything to make Molly happy. So Molly wants to do this. Fine. I will make that work. I will go the next day. Yes. For her, anything. But, but during this tirade of Zoe convincing Molly to go with her, he she's all like, Molly doesn't like the woods. She's afraid of the woods. What because are you doing? Because he accidentally lets it slip. Because like, Molly's like, why are you being? Because Molly's like, why are you being so crazy about this? Why do we have to go? We can oh, just go. We didn't have any plans. We were just going for a drive. Because I was what planning on giving about? you a Christmas present to take you to this cabin in the woods. And then Zoe's like, the fuck? Oh, the woods? <laughs> the woods? And now. He doesn't like the woods. He goes full panic mode. And he goes, you need to go up there and get all this shit. <laughs> Because he had all this food delivered that morning, like, because they were supposed to be there in a couple hours, and it's all just sitting on the porch, just sitting there, and he's like, I have to come up with another plan, I have to do other things, I need you to go get the food, I, I need you to help me, he's telling Christian. He's like, I'm supposed to hang out with Megan today, he's like, take her with you, there's a hot tub, enjoy the hot tub for the day, go with her, just get the food, bring it inside, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> poor man Aww. he texts megan she's good to go great so they make plans to go do that so megan goes to go shopping with aiden before christian comes to pick her up and it's worded like that that they're going to go shopping not that they're on their way back from shopping i it should have been probably worded that they're on their way back from shopping gotcha because 
why else is Christian there to meet them? You know what I mean? It's just, it's. Yeah. Anywho, I'm, I, for the sake of this, I'm going to say Megan was out shopping with Aiden and they're on their way back <laughs> to meet Christian. And there is a car on the side of the road pulled over. So begrudgingly, Aiden pulls over to help the car out. Surprise, I know, coincidence. I liked this part of the book for the very specific reason that people finally get to see who Isaac is. And that's all I cared about. I haven't gotten there yet. I know, but I'm no, just, I, yeah, I, I didn't I agree see how you. they found out. <laughs> so we come to find out that the people pulled over on the road having bad juju is the supposed friends. Sophie, and Cormac, Isaac, and Isaac. And Isaac is there too. Sophie is the supposed best friend. We just had mentioned her name. And no, I'm surprised Ariel just hasn't referred to her as Queen Bitch Face this entire time. Well, that's why I was just not using her name because I was like, hmm. no, you don't get to you have a name. So Isaac, of course, he needs to always monopolize everything while they're trying to help dig out their car out of the snow. He needs to pull her aside and say, can't we talk? And he's like, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. I hate this dude. He's like, you know, not sharing with others what I shared with you last night. Because he's like, I, I had a bit too much to drink. And, you know, people don't really know about her not being my fiance anymore. We're not how we're not together anymore. She's like, I would never like. Well, and he kind of accused her. He's like, well, didn't you come back to hurt me? And excuse me. She's like, not everything is about you. And he's like, lower your voice. Can't you blame me for being suspicious after what you put me through? And she goes, right. Excuse me. What I put you through, oh, he yeah. goes like running and, from our wedding, and she fucks off on him. And I'm like, yes, and she, he's like, you didn't even leave me a note. She's like, I didn't need to leave a note. You know why I left? Yeah, because and you wanted like, to make a point. And she's like, because I couldn't stand you, because I didn't love you, because you're a manipulative asshole. And if I stayed, I would have been miserable. And he just looks confused. What are you talking about? I like how we're doing this. We're going to have this conversation back and forth, you and I. What are you talking about? Like, you took away my dream job. Did you think I wouldn't find out? And she's like, don't you dare try to change what happened. Don't you dare. Yeah, but we discussed it. We decided to. And she's nope, like, we nope. don't decide anything. <laughs> nope. And he's like, you wanted to and move. And she and like, puts just- him in his right fucking in his place. place like i always had to be the one to follow you your college your apartment your job my entire life had to be around you i couldn't even go anywhere with my own friends without you having to be monopolizing my time and be reachable to me and like i couldn't even wear this coat because you didn't like it and i love this coat and and I didn't even know any better because that's all I knew because you told me you loved me and I believed you. And so did everyone else. You put on this face for your family, your friends. But you're not like that at all. You're controlling and needy and you lie. And then she sees like his face. Yeah. His eyes go over her shoulder. And she turns around and, and goes, his uh, face goes white. Fuck. Apparently they followed the commotion. And Cormac goes, and they have an what audience. the hell is she talking about? And he goes, because they have an audience, not only Cormac, Sophie, it's everybody. and Aiden, but come to find out, Christian, who was on his way to go pick her up, 
saw the car pulled off to the side of the road and also pulled over to help. Yeah. And he goes, she's yeah. just being dramatic. And then she just turns to Christian. She goes, I want to go. She's like, I can't do this. Now. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I'm done. Yeah. And she is angry and miserable. And, you know, Christian tries to get her to talk about it. And she's like, no, just drive. Just, I want to go. And like, can we just go? We need to go to the cabin. He's like, no, I'll just bring you home. It's okay. No, we said, we're going to the cabin. Let's just go. Like done. So and I mean, they he, go. The only reason he really wants her to tell everybody what happened is because he is so sick of seeing her take all of the blame v- for stuff she villainized, didn't do. Right. And yeah. like, you know, he it's the other dude's fault and he's just praised this so high. But yeah, th- those were the people who really did need to see this happen and mm-hmm. needed to really see Isaac for who he truly was because they were people who super villainized her, her ex-best friend, and she got some balls. So the snow was coming down. It doesn't really snow much there, but they're kind of excited to see that little bit of snow because it doesn't usually stick. But that's why the car was offside the road because they don't usually get snow. It's like when all the out-of-staters come up to the northern parts of New Hampshire and they're all pulled off to the side of the road. Yep. And they get caught up in an early storm and they're not prepared for it. It's like when I was in North Carolina, when we would get those freak storms, people would be pulled off or in weird accents all the way because they don't know how to drive in the snow. They just don't because they don't yeah, have it. Yeah, it's wild. Crazy. And so they get to the road that the cabin's on, the long drive. And then they get halfway down the long drive when they get stuck themselves in the, the snow. The car can't go any more down. And she's been angry knitting the whole car ride and silent. And he's just like, I just have to go put the food away real quick. It is right just funny because he did not realize well, that she could do angry knitting. Because <laughs> like, well, I didn't know angry knitting was a thing. That's the only way to describe that. Like, I'll be right back. There's no need to stay here. Like, I'll just get the food and be gone because the snow will turn around and get back home. And he goes to walk the rest of the way down the drive. And all of a sudden, Penny around. He had fallen because she got out of the car. And, and her foot, her shoe got stuck in the snow and she fell flat on her face into the snow. And Yolk. so he just carries her the like, rest of like, the way. You don't way. have to carry me, what, so you can fucking slip again? <laughs> but they just ran to, keep in mind, they just ran to the Porsche to put away the stuff so they don't have their bags or any of their stuff. Keep that in mind. Oh my God, Ariel, you're going to call out a plot point. That's I don't like plot holes, man, or discrepancies. I like, they like, like good flow. You like your holes filled. I do like my holes filled. I did that to myself. I like my smutty holes filled. So Girl. they opened the door to bring the, the food inside to find that the last guest who had stayed at the place had trashed it. And in the expedited booking he did for Andrew, Christian, forgot to make sure that the cleaners had come in between so they were like shit and andrew was supposed to be coming the next day to propose so they spent the next three hours cleaning the place yup and when they're done cleaning they noticed that the outside doesn't look so good anymore no no it doesn't the outside is very white <laughs> yes it is. it's lots of snow yeah. And I want to point out that this is at 68% of the book that we get snow. I'm not mad about it. I'm not either. But 
it was until 68 percent of the book that i'm like where the fuck is the snow where the fuck is the snow? I just, I'm not mad. I just, my brain was trying to figure out where the snow didn't came to place for 68% of this book. Or oh, sorry, for 67% of this book. So anywho, they decide to go to bed and spend the night there and try the roads in the morning. Because as long as they leave by nine, they'll still make Megan's mother's lunch. And Megan's up that next morning ready to go. You know, because she has all her stuff with her. She's got, she's ready to go. And Christian's uh, <laughs> was waiting for her. She's, <laughs> and oh, this man. Christian's still not out of bed. And she's like, he said he was an early riser. Like, what's going on? She's like knocking on the door and like, well, I'm coming in now. And he is fucking wrecked. He is sick in bed. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. So she's basically like, well, we're definitely not going anywhere now. She spends that whole next day and night and then part of the next day taking care of him in and out of consciousness. And he doesn't realize how much has gone by. He just sees that when he wakes up, it's like 2 p.m. And he's like, oh, no, we missed lunch. He's like, but we can still make my mom's dinner. And she's like, dude. You've been asleep for well over a day, like an entire one, like, but he feels better now. He slept off his stuff and he goes to look out on the porch to see if the snow is cleared. No, it hasn't. <laughs> so much worse. So much worse. They are officially yes, they snowed are. in January. You're welcome. Um, except it's December in this book, but yeah, Megan is kind of sad that they're stuck and that they're probably going to be stuck there for Christmas. So Christian gets decorating. He decorates the place up and starts cooking and gets it all holidayed up for her. And then they're all like, want to get in the hot tub kind of thing. And then she goes and gets the bathing suit that she packed, you know, the one that's still in the car, but she gets it and puts it on and you know, cause it's not in the car, but who knows at some, I don't know. Okay. No, there's, they can't. The snow. And he was dead to the world. I know. I tried to reason it out in my brain, too. So, I'm just ignoring it. I know. They're in the hot tub, having a grand old time. And then they're all like, this doesn't feel like pretend anymore. And he's all like, we can just vibe. And then she vibes. But before he gets to vibe, there's a shriek from the woods. <laughs> And, her and she's like, what the fuck so kind of murder cabin funny. did you bring me to? I mean, solid. She's, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Logical thought process here. It was a fox. They are very shrieky. I'm not going to lie. They're, I, but that's all we was, know so what the fox cool. says. Okay. And it is a, a ring, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Does the fox say? Fox noises are actually really creepy. So they decide. They're all done in the hot tub, so they go inside. No more fox. No more fox noises. So then she gives Christian the hat that she made for him from the car. And then they watch movies together, and they count down until it's officially Christmas. I like some weird New Year's thing. And they make fun of it. That's cute. And they're all like, how about we forget the contract? And he's like, we can just start again. 
Over dinner. A date? No more pretending. And then they... Are you trying to seduce the audience again? No. I'm just being dramatic. I'm just being dramatic. We can start over. Let's toss out the contract. I just... It's just funny (laughs) to me every time you do it because you like... You do it in like the seductive voice. He says... How about we forget the contract? Fuck off. <laughs> and she says, we can just start again. And he says, over dinner? And she says, you mean like a date? And they say, You need no, to find a happy pretending. medium between trying to seduce everybody and then talking like a fucking robot. Anyways, so then they fuck like the foxes because we run because we fuck. Because we are the foxes. And... Yeah, do Taylor Swift like that. Come on. And we fuck. No. That is actually one of my favorite songs, though, off of 1989, <laughs> is that one. It's so good. Because we are the foxes. And we fuck. Okay. Yeah, so no more foxes, because good thing no one actually listens to Taylor us. Taylor Swift, we love you. If you ever hear this, we sincerely love oh, you. Please this don't is totally us. in love. Obviously, we know your songs enough that we need to have them in our heads all the time every day baby okay anyway and she's all like don't cry while he's fucking me don't cry don't get so overwhelmed and emotional but seriously she's like so overwhelmed and emotional she's like well after she was all like it don't fit and he could see the tension on her face because he's too big and he goes fuck this shit and he's like i got got you and this man does he's got they have the night it's they get into it and then they it like abruptly ends and like like fades yeah, out that was weird weirdly it was really weird because we got most of it um, and then it just randomly, right randomly and then ended. all of a sudden it was getting to the end oh, and then and it was, was like so psych. here for it too as it was right doing. i was like was, ready i was ready for it and it then gave it was me like, lady blue balls psych. yeah it's like no was like keep going it was, like, it was like a fade to silver no i'm gonna call it fade to blue it's just a fade to blue balls <laughs> it's fade to blue so they're having a good time and enjoying themselves and they nakey. They what? They nakey. <laughs> That's what they said. Oh, God. They nakey. When the rescue party has arrived, Molly and Andrew <laughs> are there to help them from the snow. And they get they a little shock the when they come inside. Because <laughs> they nakey <laughs> after they spending all this time together and... Molly is trying to help pack up some food, though, to bring with them. And she sees these rose petal boxes that were set out that Andrew had ordered. And she's all like, what did you guys? Well, she's all like, why did you guys bring all this stuff here? And they're all like, no, Andrew ordered all this stuff for you guys' weekend. And then she's all weird and quiet. But they all go on their way. And they go to drop off Megan at her mom's. There's cars in the driveway. And then they notice that Aiden and Isaac are in the middle of a fight. It's a weird, sad fight in the snow. And it is the weirdest, most dramatic, sappy, sad fight I've ever seen described. I almost wish I could see it because it sounds like the saddest excuses for like, I feel like, okay. You remember when our kids were born? Vividly. And well, through a drug haze, yes. And when they first met, and your child was I tried like, to eat his face. When your child was like four weeks old and my child was like two weeks old, and we put them on the floor next to each other 
and she punched him in the face and she tried she went to stretch out her arm and it looked like she was trying to punch him but then they both kind of turned a little towards each other and they had their arms flailing towards each other but neither of them were touching each other and but they were just making faces (laughs) as they were like fake happy slapping at each other but like angrily with their like weird baby faces I can't wait for you to see this and mine and mine kept trying to like open his mouth to like take a bite out of her and that is what this scene reminded me of but with grown fucking men in the snow infants trying to bite trying to flap nobody was actually touching each other uh, except for and one they, and like, they ended up with like bruises and stuff on each other but yes the hits that were described were so fake slappy (laughs) that it was like so just sad and they were all just standing there on the sidelines just watching it Megan was stop this and he goes Christian's like stop nah and he's just like I don't even know what I would do to try to stop this kind of thing (laughs) and like I think they got this like it wasn't even like a real party it was so funny until she distracts Aiden by accident and he takes a hit to the face. Yeah. And then they're done. Of course, in his self-righteous way, Isaac has to go, I, I just need a minute to talk. Can we have a minute alone? And she's like, no. Because talk in front of everyone. Because Isaac leave. knew that her parents weren't around and that he could like try to sneak in there to like talk to her. He wasn't counting on her brother with a baby fight. And she's just, she's done. She stood up for herself now and she's like, no, you can talk in front of everyone or you can leave. She's like, I'm not keeping quiet anymore. Like, this is what it is. If people want to know what happened, I'm going to tell them. Like, I'm all done. This all gets interrupted by a text from Andrew. Oh no, Molly is freaking out about the rose petals. She's having a meltdown. She went for a walk and she's been gone a really long time, Mm -hmm. like 40 minutes because she needed to clear her head. Oh, my God. A whole Um, 40 minutes. Well, Andrew's really worried. I know. Andrew is having a moment. (laughs) This poor man. I think five minutes is too long for Andrew at this point. Are you kidding me? He doesn't even let her go to the next room without following her. (laughs) And it's not in the Isaac kind of follow her. He is just a little puppy. He's he's the actual puppy job. He loves her so much. Puppy job. Did you say puppy job? I did say puppy job by accident. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. So they go and they find out that Molly was actually going to be the one to propose and then she realized that Andrew was trying to propose. And then she was all distraught herself because she realized that she ruined his proposal by trying to do her proposal. They are the cutest couple Neurotic little- ever. Because they have their the- own hook, do you know? Yes, I know that. Okay. I just, the fact that she was also planning on proposing, she goes, I got a ring and everything. And I'm like, girl. This is fantastic. So I love you. They guys. both sit there and propose to each other. It's cute. It is adorable. And Megan goes home after all this. Everything's all resolved. Christian's kind of feeling weird watching her leave after everything they've shared and everything. And his dad kind of catches a little bit of this. And he's all like, you need to tell her how you feel she he's like no she knows 
And he's like, no, you need to tell her exactly how you feel. Yeah. And you need to show her. And so he does. He sets up a movie projector and a bonfire up I at her house. I'm going to be honest. I almost cried. I came so um, close to crying. For her family's big movie night thing that they do. But she, he set up a huge grand gesture thing. And he invited both families to do it together as a team. And before that all started, he told her, he's like, I'm falling in love with you. And she's all like, take me on a real date. And he's like, and then everything. And that's the end of the book. But we have an epilogue. And that Hmm. epilogue is one year later. Mm -hmm. And it is Molly's wedding. Did you Uh, think we we were getting their wedding? No, we weren't. (laughs) No. We find that their relationship is going well, though. They moved in with each other that March, and they've been going strong. And Molly, in fact, did not run away from the altar. So (laughs) it's already going good. And that's our first snowed-in adventure for January. first second book of the year. Technically, yes. I don't know what day it is. It's <laughs> our first actual episode. It's our first actual It's our first episode. regular episode. Yeah, yes. that one. Those are the words that I needed to say, and I didn't say those because that's not where my brain is. It's okay. My brain's in December still because <laughs> I go back to December all the time. I go back to December all the time. No, we're in January. That's our, that was our first. <laughs> no more January. December. This is our first Swift of the year. You're welcome. Who was your favorite character? Probably Christian. Dude, same. He's going to be up there for a book boyfriend. You think? Yeah, he was pretty good. He was good. No, he was pretty good. Yeah. I like that. wish we had more scenes with him. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I agree. He is probably my favorite character. Who was your least favorite character? The obvious Isaac, but probably I'm her best friend. Go... I know she oh, yeah. forgave her. And like, yeah, I omitted that part because I didn't like it because I think it was too much of a betrayal of a friendship to do that. Not only that, but I felt like they kind of rewrote history with each other a little bit because they were all like, oh, but, you know, you ignored me, bitch. That is not what was written in the beginning of the book, because in the beginning of the book, it said that Sophie texted her all this nasty stuff and that's when she just like took space and when she was ready to respond she had found that she was well i yeah because i was gonna say i know she just stopped talking to everybody in general so i could see why maybe sophie felt that way but why would she respond to all that nasty shit she wasn't responding to the nasty stuff she literally i I meant immediately i don't know i don't know and so she just ignored her and so i could i just i didn't like it i wouldn't have forgiven somebody like that either that's shitty like the the problem is sophie took isaac at his word and yet not her friend and so her response was to block her friend and then just never speak to her again and then yeah, be my, a bit so i my don't least like favorite was sophie perfect look at this we agree on both starting so, the new year strong hell yeah so amazon gives us a 4.3 and goodreads gives it a 4.1 I gave it a 4.0. I was fluctuating Um, before a 4 and a 4.25. I just couldn't decide which one. I'm going to give this a 3.5. I literally was going to say you were going to say 3.5. I was thinking it in my brain. I liked the concept of the story and I liked the main characters. There were some weird continuity things. And overall, it just wasn't hit just exactly. You know what I mean? In the Mm -hmm. way that, yeah. 
they probably did for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. This hit me but, really. I literally almost cried. So I was like yeah. in it. I was in the feels. I was in there. Yeah. Um, I don't so. think I was fully into it as much. Gotcha. Makes sense. It was good. It just 3.5. Cucumber. I'm going to go with a five, maybe four, four or five. Only because I know the style of the book that this is, and I've read books similar to this. And it was more slow burning as a rom-com, which is fine. Like, I'm cool with that. And But my only issue was that it ended so abruptly, and I just wanted it to keep going. I'm going to give this two. Oh, because, damn, so low. Well, on the scale of if you're looking for a spicy book, that's, you know, this is not one that would have a lot of cucumbers because this one's not. A spicy book it has a little bit in it there is you know one fingering scene and there is one sex scene that weirdly ends before it's over and that's all you get so it barely rates on the spicy scale there is scenes in the book so two sounds good and we're not spinning a wheel all of january we are not spinning there a wheel. is no wheel but we, we will tell you what the next book is. Yes. Next week, we are reading Snowed In with Mr. Grump. By Leah Vaughn. The first time I met him, he was a beautiful stranger helping me drown my sorrows. The second time I met him, he was my new boss and I wanted to quit. He must be the sexiest, grumpiest boss hole on the planet. But I love my new job, so I get to work finding creative ways to avoid him. Until the snowstorm of a century traps us inside. I anticipate his wrath, but as secrets are revealed and assumptions decoded, the protector in him comes to life. My senses are heightened and I'm on full alert. Every touch of his skin and brush of his hand has my internal power board surging. It might be as cold as the Arctic outside, but in here it's heating up like wildfire. I just hope the heat is enough to melt his ice cold heart or I'm going to get burnt. His heart grew three sizes that year. Four <laughs> sizes that year. Oh my god. So Yes. So yeah. join us on our next snowed in adventure because you guessed it, it will be snowed in for all of snowed in January. And this time we're going in with a grumpy boss. It's up my alley. Again. The first part of the month, Crystal's very happy. <laughs> You know, the whole month I'm going to be happy. It's okay. I, I, right. I love a Second snowed half of the book. month, Ariel's more happy, but first half, <laughs> Crystal's more happy. We got our rom-commy vibes, our boss hole gra- vibes. Stay tuned for week Just three. Just wait until I'm you super know. Super excited. We know what's going on the rest of the month, but you don't know. We have the entire month planned. It's great. We just, you know, happy new year. Fucking hell yeah. This is great. great. It's fun. We're going to. Join us gonna, for the fun. We're going to stay. Apparently, Snowed In is trademarked. So we're just making waves. No, I'm just kidding. This month is dedicated to all the authors who have been bullied. This is our fight. And well, no, this is their fight. And we won't stand for it. And this we don't stand for also, authors bullying other authors. We don't stand for anyone bullying an author. And we don't actually even stand for anyone bullying anybody else. Yes, right. And no one can say what someone can write or can't write. And we are just showcasing the many, many snowed in books there are to choose from. Because you know what? Why choose? Keep reading, everyone. 
and keep it smutty. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>